covering sports in the Midwest. It's the Midwest Sports Network. MWSN.net. It's episode 168 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And our special guest is Ben Oberg, the public address announcer for the Dayton Dragons. We're talking minor league baseball, announcing sports, and more on the local Sunday Sports Podcast on episode 168. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast covering all sports in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. From Lima to the Ohio River and Northern Kentucky, from Eastern Indiana to Madison County and all points in between, this is your source of local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Visit the LeeWMowen.com slash podcast to find your favorite podcasting platform. Music created with the Splash app. Time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen. And currently on the phone, it's Ben O'Burn. Ben, how are you doing today? Hey, Lee, you doing well. A nice warm Saturday in Ohio. Thanks for asking. It'd be nice if we had some baseball to go along with that weather, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, it would. Yes, it would. It's been an interesting summer, for sure. <laughs> interesting. That's an interesting way to put it. But let's begin. <laughs> uh, ben, uh, thanks for taking some time out of your day for this interview. And first off, where are you from? Um, I live here in Dayton, Ohio, uh, in Fairborn, actually, so just a little little bit north of downtown Dayton, and I've been here for about eight years and uh, enjoy the area and uh, enjoy our neighbors and just really good folks that uh, live local to us. Just uh, hanging out and uh, taking it easy. Now, were you always a Dayton native, or did you move to Dayton? Sure. Um, You know, I grew up in a small town near Troy, Ohio, Pleasant Hill. Um, I went to high school at Newton Local School, which is a small little rural school, about 43 people in my graduating class. Um, and then I ended up in Ashland, Ohio, uh, with the whole goal of studying radio television. And uh, I went to Ashland University, which is uh, about an hour south of Cleveland, and then uh, did some different uh, things from that perspective. And ended up here about eight years ago um, after I married my wife, Megan. And uh, our family, you know, we're all from here. Her family's from this area right across the street from us. So, uh, you know, a lot of local ties to this to the bottom pair. When did you decide that you wanted to get into announcing? Oh, boy. I can, I can remember, Lee, you know, I mean, this is always in my blood. I can remember as a kid being on Stump's backyard and announcing. My big thing back then was WWF Wrestling. So, you know, announcing Hulk Hogan and Andre Giant and, you know, all of those people, I remember doing that. Uh, I mean, I can also remember, you know, in high school doing, you know, a lot of uh, of the local sports at our high school, as well as our own high school's uh, public address. So I was doing, you know, 
girls basketball. I was doing junior high. I was doing a bunch of those things, even as I was a junior and senior in high school. So it's always something that's been in my blood, always something that I've enjoyed. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things that it's how I get my fill, not being in radio anymore. I kind of get my excitement like you normally would in, in a radio situation. So uh, just a great opportunity, and uh, I truly enjoy it. So just something I've done for a long, long time, and uh, I continue to do it for quite a while uh, in the future, my hope is. It's pretty impressive. You got your start in PA announcing all the way back in high school. That's very impressive. For sure. Yeah, well, a good time, that is for sure. Now, can you remember the steps that led you to become the PA announcer during that time? Like, were you asked by uh, a coach or a teacher, or did you yeah. did you ask to do it, or how that happened? Well, I, you know, as I was in high school, I was known as the mayor, so I was pretty uh, active in the school. You know, people knew who I was. You know, again, a small rural school about. 43 people in my graduating class, so it wasn't hard to get to know people, obviously. Um, but, you know, I think if I remember correctly, it was, you know, being asked to do those sort of things and probably being very willing to do that um, as well, as that was something that I truly enjoyed and um, you know, felt that, you know, through my life, there would be opportunities to be able to be involved and some different things from announced perspectives, whether that, be- whether that meant being in radio or whether that meant um, hopefully doing a public address or so that was my big thing. I loved public address. I loved being among the people and just kind of, um, you know, the instant gratification from hearing, you know, applause and all of those type of things when you announce something. So, um, yeah, I was always, always one that uh, was active in it and was asked multiple times to do multiple things in that arena. So it was pretty, uh, pretty used to whenever somebody did come to me and ask me to participate that way. That's very cool. Now, you mentioned you went to Ashland after graduating from Newton. Uh, what mm-hmm. was your first job in the field? Oh, boy. Uh, my first job, um, I did some Ohio High School Athletic Association uh, basketball tournaments um, when I was still um, actively involved in college. Uh, in college, I was a student assistant with the basketball team. I did a lot of announcing. I think I remember correctly, I had done some volleyball and some different things of that effect when I was in Ashland. But, um, you know, after graduation, it was into radio. Um, you know, I got pretty active in radio, uh, pretty quick with some local stations, um, some north here and then um, some in the Kingfield market. Um, so it was pretty active. You know, I've done different things in between, too. I stepped away from radio for a little while and did other things um, in between that. But, you know, never lost the love for um, being behind the microphone and being an active participant in some of the some of the things that go on with sporting events locally. So, uh, you know, just just tried to stay as active as possible and, um, you know, was pretty fortunate to be able to to get to where I am today and be able to participate with the Dragons. Now, speaking of the Dragons, uh, let's fast forward mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, how did that sure. happen? That was interesting. I was actually, I auditioned for the Columbus Blue Jackets. They were coming mm-hmm. down at about the very same time. And so I had interviewed at uh, Columbus and was not hired. I knew nothing about hockey. As a matter of fact, before I did the interview, I bought the book uh, Hockey of Dummies in an effort to try to figure out that sport because I just didn't know it. But I did, was fortunate enough to land a live interview and 
um, a live audition and won't do that in Columbus. Um, didn't get it. So I thought, you know, I'm going to send Dragons were a couple years in my first year with them. Full year was in the uh, 2002, um, and they were so they were pretty, uh, you know, pretty new to um, arena. So I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and throw and send that to the Dragons and just what happens, you know. Um, I was fortunate. Harry Sharkins, who was the director of entertainment at the time, um, gave me the call, and they had some, I pestered her a little bit too. I probably didn't just let her <laughs> call because you know the early bird gets the worms. So you know I probably made some additional phone calls, sent some different emails in an effort to try to you know land something. And actually, you know, I was hired not necessarily for public events. I was hired and got some stats and different things like that. And they had a couple of really really good people in the very beginning, which were uh, Sam Collins and Jeff Stevens, uh, both with strong connections to the Dayton uh, area. And so they were there. And then, you know, I just did some other things. I did whatever I needed to do to get into the stadium. And um, so I, I was active in keeping stats. And every once in a while, they need some fill in for something. And I would fill in. And then as Jeff and Sandy uh, kind of you know, stepped away a little bit more. I was fortunate enough to be able to slide and then uh, and just kind of take over from that perspective. And, um, you know, been active with the organization since 2002. So this season would have been my 19th season uh, with that. But obviously, you know, with everything that's happened and the, and the, the shutdown of everything, and that didn't happen. But I'm looking forward to next year being my 19th year and, and many people following you mentioned Jeff Stevens. He's the PA voice of the Dayton Flyers men's basketball team. I think he's done that since that is 2000 or so, something like that. Yeah, yeah. he a uh, really good guy, and I learned a lot from both him and Andy. And, you know, we did some, uh, just some, some back and forth, um, you know, during those early years. You know, Sandy would do some games, I would do some games, and Jack would do some games with the rotated in as they that moved out a little bit. Uh, again, as I said a little bit ago, I was pretty fortunate to be able to, to move forward and be able to land the role full-time. So um, just a great organization to be involved in. So 18 years of Dragons baseball. You must have seen some great players, great games along the way. Are uh, there sure. any games or players or even moments you fondly remember announcing? You know, I think for the, you know, there's been a lot of big games, so many of them that sometimes, you obviously walk-offs and different things to that effect. I mean, some of the, some of the reasons I remember games are because of people that get to a net. So people like Edwin Encarnacion and Joey Votto and, you know, Jay Bruce and those type of individuals. That's what I remember the games is because of the opportunity to be able to announce those individuals. I think if I have to step back at some of the, outstanding moments. I think in 15, when we broke the all time South street, um, I was going to be down on the field and able to introduce, you know, magic Johnson, Archie Griffin, and the defense teams until the whole stadium that we had just broken a record that had been, you know, been held by the Portland trailblazers and a small singing in Dayton, Ohio. So, you know, that to me was an awesome experience to get to be able to do that, um, down on the field. One of the greatest things I think too, that we do, you know, at the at the stadium is, you know, when we have the opportunity to bring deployed service members back to the stadium and, you know, make a connection with their family sometimes for the first time. 
um, at that stadium. So being able to be an active participant and announce those people, um, you know, and all that they've sacrificed to be away, um, you know, and then they come back and, and greet those families on our field. To me, those are those are the moments that give you goosebumps in, in my role and um, to the moment that I probably have enjoyed the most. The military uh, segments that I feel like as the years gone by, they've become more common, which is really nice, considering that Dayton is a military city with Wright Pat nearby. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I definitely enjoy that as well. And also, uh, former manager uh, Luis, uh, um, what's his name, Bolivar, Luis Bolivar, becoming a United States citizen. I thought that was really cool, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was very touching about the Dayton Strong event. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was a long doubleheader, but uh, that event, I think it was in the second game, that was very nice as well. So Yeah, and those type of events, you know, the Dayton Strong was uh, it was so unbelievably well done. Um, it was just organized um, so well. And, and it, you know, it's a moment that none of us wanted to have to do, obviously, because it meant there had to be tragedy before that. But a way to be able to bring people together and offer healing um, in that environment was just an outstanding moment. So I agree with that. That was a, that was a pretty, pretty special day. It was a long day, but uh, it definitely, you know, we were willing to do the long day in honor of those people that unfortunately, um, you know, had, had lost their lives and some different things to that effect. So, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you, Lee. I think that was uh, another one of those great moments at the stadium. I think something that most fans might not realize is you know, your team matters to the community and the Dayton Dragons definitely matter to the people here in Montgomery County. Yeah, most definitely. It is, uh, you know, which is evident by, you know, every, selling every game we've ever played. You know, I mean, that is an accomplishment that I don't know if that will ever be matched, you know, our opportunity to be able to, you know, have every seat in that stadium uh, filled and, and do that, you know, consistently um, says a lot about, number one, the fans, because without them, it doesn't happen. But it also is a lot of the organization and the leadership and the people that come in daily to be able to provide the customer service um, needs to be provided at that stadium. So um, just an outstanding uh, role model for other organizations, uh, in, not just in minor leagues and not just in baseball, but you know throughout all base, throughout all sports and throughout all levels. So uh, it's just an honor to get to work for them. And, um, an honor to get to do what we get to do every day. Absolutely. And what makes the Dayton Dragons different than most teams out there? Um, I think, honestly, I think everybody has a, a level of commitment to customer service. But I think what happens with the Dragons is, is their interaction with their fans and the opportunity from a customer service perspective. I mean, I can, I can tell you that, you know, I've walked the stadium and found situations where even somebody that most people don't know who I am as I'm running, running throughout the stadium, you know, the opportunity with my badge on to stop if somebody can tell and help them and not feel that there'd be any uh, repercussions to any of the assistance that I will give because customer service is of the utmost um, importance to that organization. To me, that is what sets the whole thing, you know, apart from everybody else. It's just an unbelievable commitment to making sure that we are taking care of 
those people that pay money to be able to come watch that team and be able to be in those seats every single game. And, you know, I think that that's where it comes from for me. And that's what I think makes it different than a lot of organizations and, you know, uh, being involved in, um, you know, other things outside of baseball that have a lot to do with customer service. You know, I see and utilize some of those practices, even in my daily working with the teams that help lead, you know, outside of baseball in my, in my full-time job. So, you know, it's, it's something that's carried, you know, me through the eight years that I've been involved and I'm sure we'll continue to do that long after I'm gone uh, from the baseball team. So um, I think it's that commitment to customer service and just outstanding people that do the games and outstanding people that are participants in employment with the, with the team. You mentioned customer service. It's definitely a value that's, you know, honored and carried on well by everyone. In fact, it doesn't matter which uh, position you work at, you know, you are told customers matter, which Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, your business is out there about taking care of the customers. So, Yeah. yeah, if we don't take care of them, they don't come back. The experience, you know, I mean, it's a baseball game, but. You know, I think that from the family, from the family-friendly atmosphere to the the costing of tickets to the costing of in the quality to all of the customer service and just all of those things add into those experience, including those people that people never see that help make sure that all that goes smooth on a game day. So, you know, it's an area sometimes that are in our society that's lost is the customer service piece, but it's definitely a lot not lost. Um, you know, in the Dragons organization and in that daily game experience. And there's a lot of people that help carry that moto throughout, too. It's it's amazing to see how many people, you know, work for the organization. It's it's quite uh, it's quite exciting yeah, seeing a lot of people working. It really is, and it's it's interesting when when visiting radio guys come in because you know I always have the opportunity to talk to visiting radio because I'll go down and make sure I have pronunciations correct and all of that, and they're always in amazement of our organization from the standpoint of the number of people that are you know participating participating in game day productions and just the customer service and the the food offerings and just all kinds of different things. So it's interesting to listen to other individuals that are participants, other stadiums and other teams. Because again, as I said earlier, you know, we are definitely the example and there's a lot of organizations that pool a lot of uh, the ideas from the dragons and it's how they, you know, execute on their, their group and teams as well. We talked a lot about customer service, but something that also makes the dragons stand out. Uh, there's, something for everyone it's family oriented and there's not just the baseball there's also the uh the skits in the middle of innings and i I mean most teams might have a couple here or there but there's something always planned Mm -hmm. for each uh break um what's your thoughts on on the dragons doing that yeah, I think it's great, you know, because if you think that somebody that may not be a baseball fan, they're still going to have an outstanding experience at the stadium. They're going to have an outstanding experience the things that go on in the in those innings, all the things you can do on the Congress level, you know, your, your ability to be able to connect to other fans. It's just, 
I think it's it's one of the reasons that they've been so unbelievably successful is that opportunity to draw people in. Norma wouldn't be a baseball fan, um, but because of all the other things that we do, there's that opportunity for them to be an active participant in what's going on with every game. So, um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's the top-notch entertainment. Um, it's done very, very well. It's very, very well planned. A lot of people don't realize all the planning. Katrina, um, the director of entertainment, and, and Caitlin, the senior director of entertainment, all of the work that they do to get those and all of that information ready to go to all of us so we can plan and execute, you know, with the green team and making sure the rehearsals and all of that goes in. It's, it's, they want to make sure that it's done well and it's the best in the industry. So um, I'm very much a fan of that. Uh, you know, I enjoy the ones that I get to be uh, participating in. And um, I, I'm sure that coming up next season, there'll be, some new things that we never expected and we're looking forward to seeing what that's all about. You mentioned that uh, folks that are catching a baseball game, they have an opportunity to interact with these skits as well. And that's something that also uh, caters to maybe not the baseball diehards, but, you know, for people that want a, you know, nice time out, a family outing, if you will. What's some of your favorite skits? Who am I That's a great question. Uh, there are a ton. I know. I, like the, I know. Have the. Uh, I think. It, I think it's. If I remember the correct term, it's the bubble ball battle where the the guys come out and the big blow up uh, plastic ball and mm. have to uh, kind of run into each other to be able to get the flag and, and get to some different areas to maybe get points and then. They get a win. I think those are those are pretty cool. I also think that you know some of the things that we do with kids, um, you know, are you know, the toddler race and you know all of those type where there's kids can get there. Those are obviously very popular uh, with the fans, and you know I like those as well. Seeing those kids, it's a lot of fun when you see the kids at that age, and then they come back and they say, "I was in the toddler race." Was at this age, and, and now they're, you know, a little bit older and, and a fun to see those type of things. So, um, you know, we, we do a lot of skits. I love the um, when we have superstars and, you know, those type of people. Uh, that see white tumblers. You know, all of those side acts come in as well that uh, just help tame and just provide it. Uh, you know, I'm a fan as well. So, they, you know, I, the enjoyment that I got of watching those things too, um, it, you know, just sitting up at the you know, things that we talk about and things that uh, we truly enjoy. So those are just a few of mine. I always like the Sunday events where uh, Jimmy Keys is there because, you know, they provide oh, yeah. an organ. Jimmy Keys is, you know anything about Jimmy Keys? One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet and extremely talented. Um, you know, I just call him world famous and he always turns kind of gives me a look in, uh, because, you know, I just consider him to be, uh, just, just an outstanding guy with some extreme talent does a really nice job kind of going back to the, the old days of, you know, how it was with his organs, which is, you know, an interesting story about that is, you know, my, my great grandfather, great uncle, actually wasn't great grandfather, great uncle was an organist for the Philadelphia police in Clearwater, Florida. Um, and so he would sit, you know, on the, uh, on the, um, on the, where they had his organ set up and he would play, um, you know, all kinds of different songs, different things to that effect. 
for the games in water for the folks spring training and different things that would be happening at the stadium. One day, um, his, he, uh, decided on a bad call. And this is the first time I think that this is known to have happened, but bad call. He played three blind ice. He pointed up some, I threw him out of the game, made his cut, made him cover his organ for the rest of the game. This was in, probably in the early eighties, but, um, so Jimmy case, uh, I'm, I'm only trying to get him to, to do that. For some reason, he <laughs> and see if we can get a little bit of a uh, little bit of history in Dayton as well with Jimmy. But um, I, I don't envision that happening. Good guy, uh, great talent, and uh, we appreciate what things to those stadiums on Sunday. That's for sure. Absolutely, it's it, it's something nice. I mean, like yeah. you mentioned, um, it, not every place has organs, and you know. Yeah. With with that being a thing on Sundays, it's a nice touch, and I think it adds a really nice feel to a baseball game. Sure. Now, I agree. Now, along with the skits, there's also videos uh, that go along with it. Uh, what's some of your mm-hmm. favorite videos that are played during an average game day? You know, I really this past year, because we're celebrating the 20th year, some really good videos of just things that have happened in the past. Mm-hmm. I really think it's cool how we're able to take a, a team that's only 45 to 50 minutes down the road in Cincinnati and tie them into what we do on a daily basis at the Dragons. You know, being able to show their stories of those individuals that have been in our system and, and been in the stadium and they show their appreciation. And, um, you know, I think that, that to me, is probably the coolest thing is being able to, and knowing that, you know, I've been a person that's been able to be involved in that with announcing a lot of those individuals, sometimes in their first year stop in the minor league. So, um, yeah, I think that to me is pretty cool when we get to do those sort of things. Um, you know, I think too, some of the cool videos, you know, some of those types of skits in between innings is being able to kind of the way that we involve the fans. And sometimes it's very, funny and it's lighthearted, you know, when we kind of get in time and we look at, you know, people, what they quote unquote look like when they were, uh, you know, a little younger and then we put them up on the board and, you know, we tie them into what it looks like sometimes silly and sometimes it's funny and some good reactions. And, you know, those are uh, always good moments uh, in a stadium as it just is again, an opportunity to draw people into the experience. And that's what we try to do um, with every single game. Now, outside of game days with the Dayton Dragons, what else do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be the regional director of marketing for a healthcare company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I work very closely with individuals that are needing um, uh, placement in what we call CCRC, so mm-hmm. communities like healthcare facilities. Um, you know, I'm very active in that. And so my full time job is working with our teams. I have in communities that I oversee throughout Kentucky and Ohio. And uh, of course, I have to work from my home. I have a home office, do a little bit of traveling um, to some of these communities every so often. But uh, it's been, uh, I'm very blessed uh, to be in the situation that I'm in outside of uh, baseball. So, um, yeah, that's what I do for a time full-time job. I remember a while back you mentioned that you did some voiceover work. I think you did some with sure. Miami University. Uh, what voiceover stuff do you get to do? 
Yeah, I, that's one of the areas I don't do as much as I would like to do. I do have the ability a studio at my home, able to do those kind of things. Um, I've done a lot of things for two, two things happen. I really like to be exclusive for the dragons. So if there is stuff that they need to have done, I try to do that. And I do go through them to make sure that anything that I do um, is approved and it's something that they would be proud of, you know, to be involved in because, you know, I'm still though not working, you know, for them right now because of um, everything that's happened with baseball being shut down. I'm still an ambassador for the sport and still an ambassador for them. So, you know, I do some things for the state Air Force. Uh, I've done quite a bit of voiceover work for them for the Air Force Museum. Um, and then I've done some race commercials. Um, we've done some sporadic things that people just out of the blue say, hey, we need this. I've also volunteered and done uh, a lot of uh, kind of recorded introductions for local like PB teams and different things to that effect. And um, not to pat myself on the back, but boys think it's pretty cool when they can have the uh, announcer for the Dragons do those sort of introductions for them. So, um, you know, I always enjoy those kind of things. I um, would love to do more of that. It's just um, you know, it's not something that it's a priority of me to get totally involved in and, and take up a lot of the time, but I do try to accommodate requests for people. Is there any part of you that wants to get back in the radio side of business? Uh, you know, I've, I've said to my wife several times, I'm like, wouldn't it be cool to be able to get back and do that? And, you know, even if it's a weekend, I love being on the, I used to love doing remotes, you know, going out to a car dealership or going out to a new restaurant opening or things to that effect. Uh, there's always, that's what I thought I would be doing is being a disc jockey and radio. And there's always that kind of thought that someday that would happen, but not something I'm pursuing at the moment. I really do get my fill announcing, you know, 70 games a summer um, at the Dragons. Like I fill with um, doing that kind of in that whole radio. So really in the off season, it's an opportunity for me to recharge. So I don't do any basketball. I don't do anything to that effect. But I never wouldn't say I would never do that. I um, just haven't had any real strong opportunities um, in in this area to do more of that. Um, but you know, there come a day um, that I decide that you know I try to get back in it whenever I might be able. But we'll just see. We'll see what happens. You used to do a lot of stuff with uh, UD as well. I think volleyball. I, I did. Yeah, I did some volleyball and miscellaneous with UD um, every once in a while. It was always, you know, pretty cool as well. Um, you just get involved in great sports institutions, the Dragons and the University of Dayton. So being able to be involved in, in both of those things, um, you know, was, was pretty pretty interesting. And um, to me is uh, just just a pretty cool thing to get to do. You know, Lee, I, I really am an unbelievably fortunate individual to be able to be involved in, in what I get to do in baseball and outside of baseball. Um, so, you know, I'm just very thankful for the opportunity. You briefly mentioned it, but how has the coronavirus affected your season? Oh, well, obviously we're not doing baseball. So yeah, it's been disappointing. I'm staying in touch with, you know, some of the people from the Dragons. And you know, that's one of the things that happens when this happens. Is, you know, when thing like the pandemic that's going on right now and things canceled, you miss the camaraderie. You miss the connection. You miss getting to next to those people that 70 nights a, 
a summer, you get to talk about your families and you get to talk about, you know, what's going on on the field. You know, talk about the organization and do all of those things. And anybody that knows me, knows me, know that that's a important use of the puzzle for me. I love the connection with people. I walk through the stadium before games. Um, again, most people don't know who I am. Um, just, you know, from visual standpoint, um, typically, you know, can tell from voice standpoint, but, you know, I like to look through the stadium. I like to see people. I like to see a load of pictures, um, those kind of things, just as a connection. And I really miss that. You know, I really miss that opportunity to do that. And, you know, we're going to come back from this. Uh, we'll come back stronger from this. Um, it teaches us a lot of things about what we can do differently. Uh, we never thought we were possibly capable of things. So um, it has taught us a lot uh, in my full-time job as well as, you know, I'm sure in baseball it's taught us, you know, how do we do things differently than we've ever done them before. So, um, you know, it's a tough time, but, you know, through safety and, and all of that, hopefully this will all be eradicated and we can get back to where it's normal um, very, very soon. Do you see sports returning anytime soon? Um, I, it all depends. You know, I think, you know, we're seeing that, you know, there are certain things. Obviously, baseball is going to be playing a six-game schedule, you know, not not fans and those things. So it's a little different from that perspective. Um, you know, it, it, I think everything just really depends on what happens from the virus perspective. You know, if we start to see those numbers really dissipate, um, you know, I could see where things start to come back strong. Um, and it's not just affecting football, you know, it's affecting football, the big teams going to their own uh, conference schedule and, you know, just different things like that. So it's affecting every single person um, in some way. This is something that affected everybody, whether it's just going to the grocery store and wearing a mask that's different from these people or, you know, for that period that things were shut down, not being able to go to your favorite restaurant has affected everybody. Um, it's a matter of um, everybody kind of realizing that, being able to accept it and come together and realize that the only way to accomplish, um, you know, getting through it is to do that all together. So um, you know, envision that sports will come back. We don't know what level that's going to look like or how it's going to be involved with fans or all of it, but I'm sure that uh, there are plans and work in the works to get all those things kind of up and running. You briefly talked about this as well, but do you see minor league baseball coming back next season? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's important training ground for the players that need to get to the major leagues. You know, obviously there's going to be teams that aren't going to be around in it. As you know, that minor leagues are, you know, kind of doing a little bit of reshuffling with uh, organizations. I envision that, yes, minor league baseball will come back and it'll come back strong and fans will come back. And, uh, you know, again, as we've talked quite a bit about, it's an experience that fans love being very close to the game, you know, being close to those people that you never know, you know, they're going to end up, uh, you know, and we kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of attach ourselves to those people and follow them through their career. So you have same vision that minor league baseball will come back and I envision that it'll come back strong and the fans will be back in the same. You touched up on this for this next question. How do you picture next year's major or 
next year's minor league baseball season looking with all the cuts planned by major league baseball like uh, i think all but one of the iowa midwest league teams are going to be cut clinton burlington and i think quad cities was even in that mix uh what's your take on those cuts affecting minor league baseball well, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we probably great fan experiences. It's also a business. So, and looking at what that looked like and, and providing players and, you know, all of that to the teams, Major League Baseball had to make some decisions. Um, you know, I think that it's obviously disappointing. It's disappointing for those communities that attach themselves to these teams and have, bought, you know, bought gear and bought, you know, stickers and, you know, all of those sort of things to not have those individuals in you know, those teams around anymore. It's obviously disappointing to people who work for those organizations as well. You know, there's a lot that goes into the daily activity of running one of those teams. So the disappointment of them not being around anymore has got to be really, really um, something that weighs heavy on the hearts of those people that were active in those organizations. So it's disappointing from that standpoint. But I also think that, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, again, from a business perspective, has to make decisions that they believe are in their best interest, and, and that's what they did. Um, you know, it be disappointing not seeing some of those teams and some of the people that were involved in those teams come to our stadiums, but uh, we wish them well as, as they do find other things to do. We wish those stadiums well, and hopefully they can find some other ways to utilize those and um, become still... Uh, continue to go within their markets in some way. I will say the Reds were up there in terms of losing minor league teams, but luckily Dayton is nowhere on that list, and that's a great thing. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, Dayton is so so well run, the sellout streak, and, you know, the, um, oh, the ability to generate great players from that organization, and, you know, I think that that probably has a lot to do with it. Um, so it was good to see that even uh, was it was on that list, and I know you know everybody in the organization is breathing a sigh of relief, relief from that standpoint. Um, so you know, they, again, we're, we feel extremely bad for those teams that uh, are not going to be around and those people that were involved. Let's swing over to more positive talk. What would you like to see sure. added to game experiences at Day Air Ballpark? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. We do so many things so well. You know, I'm a foodie, so mine's probably around the food end of the thing. <laughs> you know, before <laughs> I go up to the booth, I always try to go down and grab a good hot dog or some dipping dots or, you know, one of those great burgers they have in the outfield. So probably more of the game experience. It's those type of things for me because um, that's how I get geared up for the game. But, you know, it, everything there is just executed so well. And you know, they're always planning. and. You know, they're always kind of looking at what uh, fans are asking for and what fans need. And, um, you know, I just think that the organization as a whole does such a good job accommodating those sort of requests and coming up with some great ideas. Um, so I'm just looking forward to what they decide to do in 2021 as we open back up. Is it weird to not say fifth third field anymore? <laughs> it is. As a matter of fact, the funny story about that is, you know, I typically – for games, I typically fill out a calendar, um, and while well, the games on a on a, a Google calendar or something like that, just so I get reminders of game nights and all of that. So I forget. Mm. But this year, it was interesting. I usually just do it as a download and then automatically add to my to my uh, 
calendar. But this year, instead of doing that, I printed the calendar off and typed individually all 70 games into the calendar and specifically put a location area, a air ballpark, so I can forget. So I've been grooming myself to not make the mistake because I'm sure that that would not sit well. Uh, you know, <laughs> calling it what it's not anymore. So i um, definitely been uh, working on that. I know that we appreciate your Gators' commitment uh, to the stadium and to the Dragons and looking forward to finally getting to announce their, uh, their stadium next year. I mean, it, it's... It's crazy to think that Fifth Third was always the sponsor of the stadium since you know opening in 2000, and now in 2021, it's going to be a local bank with uh, ties to the Air Force Base and Dayton, Ohio itself. Which that's that's really cool to think about. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a good transition. You know, I think they did a nice job with finding a sponsor that was true to the Dayton roots and uh, was really excited about being involved and I know that they're always sitting at their ROI which is return on investment. I think that there's always an opportunity to have people in the stadium to, to be able to see that name and hear that name and um, being able to view and programs and um, I'm sure it'll be a good driver of business uh, for day air. So we're extremely excited to be, you know, obviously in partnership and I'm super excited um, to be, you know, somebody that gets to get that name out there through the spoken word. And you mentioned you have uh, a calendar that helps keep events on track for you. Uh, I have uh, one of those uh, paper planners. Um, yeah, those are lifesavers, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I put mine all in the computer and kind of go from there and uh, kind of do that. So, you know, it, it was interesting. When I was getting to, um, when I was getting ready to, delete games for, you know, once we found out that the season was canceled, I went in and started to delete and the date, the left, apparently I must have been a little bit of a slacker because when I was trying to put in the games, I apparently missed uh, finishing up the season. So, which was interesting because the last game that I had in the calendar was the date they canceled the season. So it was kind of weird that I had gone up that day, obviously not knowing that any of this is going to happen with the pandemic, and then kind of from there. Um, but yeah, I use that calendar. That's how I keep myself straight. Ben, what are some of your favorite things about local sports in Dayton? You know, I think if you look at you know local sports, and you look at some of the, I think what's really cool is some of the people that have come from Dayton, Ohio not just in sports, but in general, and you look at even um, things outside of sports and you look at, um, you know, I think of acting. I think one of my favorite shows of all time was West Wing. And in that show, you Martin Sheen, Dayton, Ohio, Allison James. You know, you have a lot of people from this area that, you know, go on unbelievable things. Um, you know, when you look at from a sporting perspective, you look at some of the high schools we've got. You know, you've got great, great traditions at Alter, and you've got great traditions at Seville, and, you know, and people that have come from those um, those institutions um, have done a lot of really, really good things beyond this, this area, you know, professionally and collegially. So, you know, I just think it's a great, it's a great breeding ground for individuals that want to do uh, more after high school. Um, you know, great coaches, um, great organizations. We've got UD, 
Uh, you've got a lot of other organizations that they can be involved in from the from the Kyla perspective. So you know, I think the bat is what impresses me the most is the ability to have as individuals do more outside of you and people that have come from Dayton, Ohio. And um, you know, I'm I'm happy to you know obviously be just a small part of you know the sports scene and and the market in regards to the dragon. Also, I think nearby, uh, what is that drive? Um, Patterson, I think it's Patterson. Uh, it's named uh, uh, Mike Schmidt. It's named Mike Schmidt. Oh, yeah. yeah, Mike Schmidt. Mike yeah. Schmidt. Yeah. Um, you've, got, you've got also, you know, Roger Clemens was, uh, you know, from this area. Um, he was at a game, you know, several years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there was, you know, a lot of, Again, a lot of great people came from this area, including Mike Schmidt. Yep, absolutely. Now, what would you like to see added in the future of sports and media in Dayton, Ohio? Oh, I'd love to see hockey come back. You know, I'm I'm not a huge um, hockey person, you know, but I just think it'd be cool to have kind of a rounded um, rounded scene of sports and hockey would be awesome to have back in Dayton. I think that that would be a welcome addition to this market um, is to have, you know, whatever kind of team it might be, but I think that would be pretty cool to have uh, hockey and to make a, a reappearance in the Dayton market. I always wondered if the downtown hockey arena happened, you know, what uh, what type of hockey we would have today in Dayton. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but it would be cool to see, wouldn't it? It would be cool to have that, this market, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that it ever will. I mean, they didn't try it, and it uh, struggled a little bit, and I think kind of down from that standpoint, but you never know what happened and who would get behind it. Now, for those that want to become an announcer, such as yourself, what advice can you share? You know, here's what I would say. I would say from that point is take any gig you get. You know, no matter how trivial or how small it might seem, the only way to get better from an announcing point is to do it. Now, it's a matter of you know, if somebody asks you to go do the league baseball team, Go do it, you know. Or if they ask you to do it, the league football game, go do it. You know, I think that's where you kind of have the opportunity to go. You kind of learn. You can hone your craft. Um, don't be afraid to do those sort of uh, assignments because you think that they're above you. Um, nothing in them. You know, that's why I started started doing you know high school basketball when I was in high school. So you know, I think that you start there and then you just continuously own you know, and I think it's important to put yourself in positions where you're around people that are a lot smarter than you are, know how to do the job and listen and pay attention and really dive in and be a sponge for how people listen and find somebody that maybe you can emulate, you know, um, and, and to go from there. My favorite public address announcer of all time, Bob mm-hmm. Shepard. Um, for those that don't know Bob Shepard, Bob Shepard was for the Yankees. Um, so when you hear her Derek Jeter you know, announce, announced, it was always Bob Shepard. Uh, smooth and calm and 
uh, just old school. Um, I love listening to Bob Shepard announce it. Still sometimes go back and listen to his um, his uh, announcement of, of Derek Jeter when Derek Jeter, you know, would come to the bat. Even after Bob Shepard was no longer with Yankees, he still um, had recorded the introduction of Jeter and would still use that in stadiums until the time that Jeter retired. So, you know, that's just pretty cool stuff. And, you know, find those people that you can surround yourself with and learn the craft. And again, never say no, you know, because they're just always opportunities uh, right there to be able to, to get better. And I think that that's, what I would say. And last up to close out episode 168, how can people follow you on social media? Well, you know, I am, uh, I'm not a huge social media fan. Um, you know, I'm obviously on Facebook and, um, you know, that's about the extent of my social media platform. Uh, you know, they're more than welcome. It's, it's pretty easy to find me. So, um, they can definitely, uh, follow me on there. They would like to, um, I, you know, I, I try to, I try to stay away from doing too much in regards to, uh, putting, you know, uh, a lot of personal type things in regards to relationships with teams and different things that affect because I like those things to come through the team, but you know, I will offer this. If anybody has any questions or has somebody that's interested in any sort of announcement or anything to that effect would love, you know, the opportunity to talk to those individuals. They're more than welcome to reach out. Ben, thank you so much for your time today. And that will close out Absolutely. episode 168. And Happy to be here, Lee, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing you again in uh, 2021. I'm looking forward to baseball again at Day Air Ballpark, and look forward to seeing you then, Ben. That will Take wrap up. Take care. This has been episode 168 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Talk to you soon for episode 169. for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to this podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com spelled T-H-E-L-E-E-W-M-O-W-E-N.com then click on podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way to catch new episodes of this podcast such as on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, the iHeartRadio app, Pandora, and many more platforms. Follow along on social media by liking the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and follow along on Twitter at SindayPod and the Lee W. Mowen. Feel free to send in future questions for Mowen's Mailbag on Twitter or Facebook. The closing theme was created with the Splash app, available for free on Google Play and the App Store. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off. Let's talk local Cincinnati and Dayton sports again on the next episode.